0: You are listening to Learn Out Loud's Art History Podcast. Each episode provides thoughtful analysis of the enduring artistic masterpieces that have become a hallmark of Western culture. For a full listing of the podcast released by Learn Out Loud, please visit us at www.learnoutloud.com podcast. The Maids of Honor, painted by Diego Velazquez in 1656, from 100 Masterpieces of Painting by John LaFage. This, as we all know, is one of the famous paintings of the world, and like many great works of art or literature, has had its day of glory and day of oblivion, and now slowly within the last century or so becomes a criterion for the modern painter. At the time it was painted, it was judged of pretty nearly as it is today. One of the rival Italians who worked much in Spain, a fashionable and successful painter of the day, and certainly no mean artist, said of it to Philip the King that it was the very theology of painting, meaning thereby, I suppose, that it was truth and dogma and orthodoxy, all that is opposite to theoretical pragmatism. Its workmanship and all that side of painting which copies nature for illusion have reached here the highest level known, not attempting to deceive by insisting on special points of accuracy, but so that each accuracy depends upon the others, and that the whole has that impression of nature which does not surprise us which does not look clever or particularly wonderful or difficult to understand. Hence the wonderful success of the photograph in rendering the picture, however much we may miss. There are parts that are not to be seen, and they melt away as they do in nature. The little lady in the center of the picture is the princess or Infanta Margaret, of whom there are many other portraits later by the same illustrious hand. Perhaps here she is less at her ease than in others, and one feels all the more what I am speaking of, the slow growth of the natural portrait of a child of royal blood, as compared with the children of more ordinary birth. As in the lines of Thackeray, the verse is called The Ballad of Policeman X, we are to remember the reproof given by the nurse to the Duke of Wellington, asking at the time of the birth of the present king, Is it a boy or girl? Your grace, it is a prince. And at the nurse's bold reply, He did both laugh and wince. Here the little princess is five years old, She is the half-sister of the little Don Balthazar. The relentless etiquette which surrounded her followed her into such details as this, that when she was thirsty, one of her noble maids, a menina, brought a glass to another, who knelt, as also did the maid, and on the other side knelt also an attendant, to give her a napkin, while a maid of honour stood as a witness. This is almost a description of this picture, of a scene which occurred probably in some room of the court, where their majesties had been sitting for their portraits or else the king had come, as was his habit, to watch his favorite painter. For the king himself was somewhat of a painter, somewhat of a poet, very much of a sportsman, and also a majestic and hard-worked businessman, glad to escape from the terrors of official life. Thus the subject is supposed to have happened, and that the king wished the accidental scene preserved. We know he's there because he's reflected with the queen in the mirror on the wall. He sees what we see and this mirror contains the only portrait we have of the king and queen together. The little princess is on her best behavior before their majesties, her father and mother. We can reconstruct the scene as it occurred. Windows had been closed to make special light for one of the royal sitters, and the group of the princess, her maidens and the dwarfs kept to amuse her, stood in this narrow light. The queen's quartermaster opens the door in the rear, apparently at some order from the king, whom we do not see but we recognize the peculiar movement of a man waiting for further instructions. In the gloom of the room is the Lady of Honor in her convent habit. She may have belonged to some order or have assumed it for some special purpose in such a religiously minded court. Next to her stands an elderly gentleman whose duty it was to attend the court lady. One of the noble girls, whose name still remains, offers to the little princess, upon a gold salver, some water from a cup made of a special fine-scented clay from the East Indies. The other maiden, dressed also in the court habit, with the great hoop skirts, which were the rule, curtsies slightly upon the occasion, according to the etiquette I first described. We know her name, too, and that she grew up to be a great beauty and died early. On the right is the ugly, stupid dwarf Maria Barbola, and her companion Nicholas potosato who puts his foot on the big dog, half asleep, as if to wake him up and get a little fun out of the moment. Velasquez himself has just been painting. He stands by the great canvas which runs through the greater part of the picture, and we see the motion of the hand that painted the picture. It is all, as it were, a mere accident, but every part of it has been used to help the impression, and make a beautiful pattern, and we shall never know how much it was a mere copy from nature, and how much the choice of art. There is a legend that the red cross on the painter's doublet was painted by Philip himself, as a manner of telling Velasquez that he made him a knight of Santiago and as a joyful surprise. He was said even to have used the words that it needed nothing but that. All legends are sure to be shaken, if not destroyed, and we are now assured that the cross was added by order of the king at Velasquez's death as a manner of making him more fitting for the august company in which he was painted.